Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Taking January 6th to the United States Supreme Court, this will be another blockbuster case this term. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, the question that you have to ask is, what do Enron Energy and Securities and Exchange Commission paperwork violations have to do with January 6th, 2021? And the answer is absolutely nothing. With the Biden administration prosecuting more than 300 people for the January 6th events, unsurprisingly, the U.S. Department of Justice is using a law that has no application, zero, to January 6th. In fact, applying this law in the way that it has been done in these cases sets a very disturbing precedent for any political or protest gathering where there is no clear intent to violate any law. So this is a huge issue. Liberty Council will be filing an amicus brief in this case. There are three defendants charged under this law for January 6th, and their cases are now before the U.S. Supreme Court. And, you know, we've spent some time with an FBI whistleblower, and, you know, he testified before Congress, actually, and he also spoke with us and did interviews that the FBI is arresting and a and convicting people without even giving them who who just even were there on January 6 and they were politicizing weaponizing their organization to arrest innocent people for expressing their free speech this was not an insurrection and of course you follow the dots and you see it all has to do with a stolen election and they're trying to cover up their 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 footsteps here but the FBI and the DOJ have been weaponized to get these innocent people behind bars. And Steve Friend had been a member of the FBI for many years, and he was in the Daytona Beach area when he was assigned there. And he came there because he thought he was going to be uh, working on human sex trafficking cases, and they quickly moved him to January 6th. He immediately realized that there was different protocol that they were doing because typically you have individual FBI agencies and mm -hmm. they do their own investigation in their own geographical region and they don't get interference necessarily from the FBI in Washington DC they have their own investigative processes but what happened was he said that everything was run through the FBI in Washington DC Mm -hmm. and that all of the different agencies across the state of uh, the nation, they were supposed to follow that one consolidated entity up in Washington, D.C., and that's different than anything else they've ever had right. in his many years of FBI experience. They threw all their appropriate protocols out the window and, and weaponized this organization. Yeah, and so one of the things Steve Friend also said is that, for example, and this is where he got into a situation where he ended up leaving the FBI, um, they had questioned somebody who had been up in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, and he was cooperative. It had been 12 to 18 months later, nothing going on. Mm -hmm. And then he was told to do an early morning uh, heavy-handed raid on his home. He said, why do you want to do that? Uh, these are not the kind of 
crimes, alleged crimes that you would do that to. There's no flight risk. There's no other kind of uh, security risk. What happened to innocent before proven guilty? But they wanted to intimidate these people. Right. And he said, this is just wrong. And he went in and he questioned it with his boss. And that got into the whole issue that he later became an FBI whistleblower and eventually left the FBI. So that was very unusual, what the FBI was doing in terms of its processes. And thus you see all these people that are you know, getting these door knocks at daylight before the sun even rises, people coming to your door with weapons and lots of security to arrest somebody who otherwise would just simply turn themselves in if they were called to do so. Or who happened to be on the Capitol on January 6th yeah. and maybe even went in there because the police escorted people in there or happened to be on the property. It was not an insurrection. It was not a violent thing. There were some, of course insiders but yeah there were some bad actors yeah, but those there were bad there's actors. certain laws that you could use against those people but for most part there were not and those people and so, are not being prosecuted by the way so. and so what they did is the biden administration used the sarbanes oxley act of 2002 uh, so what happened how did that come about what is it well through the 1980s and 90s executives of a multi-million dollar uh, energy company purposely uh, worked to obstruct justice by filing false securities and exchange commission filings, falsifying accounting records that would have exposed the shady accounting practices used to fleece the public of billions. And this was in part the Enron scandal that we talked about at the beginning. So Congress, to address that, 2002 passed the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. It mandates certain accounting accounting procedures, record keeping, and reporting for corporations. The act provides criminal penalties for corporate boards and officers to who decide and choose to submit false records to the government in an attempt to obstruct justice. So what does the Sarbanes-Oxley Act have to do with January 6th? Yeah, please connect the dots here. And it's here. absolutely nothing. <laughs> This was designed to address these publicly traded companies that want to obstruct justice by filing false public information regarding their financial status so that they could get more money from investors and fool the investigative agencies like the SEC, in this case, that was doing the investigation. That's what it was designed to do. So do you, are you saying that a lower court actually ruled in favor of them yeah, for using this? Yeah, a lower this? court actually uh, ruled in favor. Uh -huh. uh, there was a lower court that actually um, found that this doesn't apply. <laughs> so there was a district court ruling uh, in the case that noted that prosecutors never once alleged or argued that the January 6th defendants, quote, took some action with respect to a document, record, or other object in order to com uh, corruptly d obstruct, impede, or influence Congress's certification of the electoral vote, close quote. As such, the district court dismissed the case, but Joe Biden's Department of Justice still wants to prosecute anyone who objected to the election. So the DOJ appealed hmm. to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, which then reversed the lower court, dismissing the orders, and now that case has landed before the Supreme Court. So you probably didn't hear about this no. in the media, that there was a lower federal judge in the District of Columbia when these defendants were brought before that judge under this law, and you know you have 300 people that have been prosecuted for this, 
These three found a judge that said, you know what, let's take a look at this law. You know, the Sarbanes-Oxley Act that you're alleging, that applies to accounting procedures, record-keeping, and reporting for corporations. They're not a corporation. There's no accounting procedures. There's no record-keeping. There's no document that they filed with the federal government to try to defraud. This doesn't apply. Case dismissed. You didn't hear that in the media, did no. you? How many times have you heard that in the big headlines of the media? All you hear is this person got convicted or this person pled and now they're going to prison. You hear that time and time and time again. And there are some people, by the way, who pled because they didn't feel that they did anything wrong, but they could not bring themselves to plead that they were guilty because they didn't feel they did anything illegal. But then they got convicted under the Sarbanes-Oxley yeah. bill, and they now are spending time or have spent time in prison. There's hundreds of people sitting there rotting in prison. Some of them haven't even gotten a trial for just simply being there. You know, and that is so wrong. That's such an injustice that has got to be fixed immediately. Well, a divided court of appeals, so it was a divided court, it wasn't unanimous, uh, of the three-judge panel, two to one, um, they said that the law, two of the judges, one of them dissented, uh, two of them said that the Enron law applies to all forms of corrupt obstruction of an official proceeding, despite the fact that the law says no such thing. The other judge dissented, and obviously now you got two judges that say this doesn't apply, and that's why the Supreme Court took the case. If you go with this broad reading of the law, as the Biden administration has done in the DOJ, then it would cover any act that could be construed as delaying an official proceeding. Think about that. So you're up in Washington, D.C. or any place. It doesn't have to be Washington, D.C. And it's any branch of government. And you're having protests. Say if you have the March for Life and you have a bunch of people out there and someone needs to get to an official proceeding, but they can't because the mm -hmm. roads are blocked because so many people are there. Could you raise the Sarbanes-Oxley Act? Well, if it's as broad as they say it is, yeah. That's, that's why ridiculous. this is such a big case. And it's ridiculous that it was ever applied to these January 6 events. So continue to watch for this. We'll let you know when we file the brief, but it is such an important case that we are filing a brief at the U.S. Supreme Court. For more information, visit lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org.